0: It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law, featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus.
1: Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Malk, a partner and attorney at the law firm of Malk and Baker in Chicago. We are believing attorneys who focus on serving the body of Messiah with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to mauckbaker.com, that's m-a-u-c-k-b-a-k-e-r.com, or call 312-726-1243. Would you like to impact your nation, your city, uh, your church for religious freedom and for the gospel? Uh, today's guest is going to explain to us how the battle in his church has not only helped his church get stronger, but impacted the condition for churches around the city of Chicago, and is an example of how if we serve God and fight for what's right, God can use it in all sorts of wonderful ways. Today, we're speaking with nathan carter a pastor at emmanuel baptist church which happens to be one of the malkin baker clients and emmanuel baptist church stood up to the city of chicago after it tried to prevent their congregation from purchasing property in chicago that it had been renting the city was imposing unnecessary parking requirements and was effectively preventing the church from being able to buy the property Emmanuel took him to federal court and fought, fought, fought. Emmanuel was able to buy the property for his congregation. And uh, Pastor Carter, you have uh, a, had a wonderful coincidence of divine uh, facts that uh, you, you'd, I'd like you to share with us uh, when you close the purchase of that property.
2: Oh, yeah. John, it's always great to be with you. Thanks again for this chance to come back and... Keep uh, get people up to speed on our story. So, yeah, it's uh, the way that it um, it's not ended. So we're still fighting, fighting, fighting. Right? Yes. <laughs> we'll talk about that. But um, <clears throat> there was a huge uh, advance in that last fall. We uh, filed this in February of 2017, I believe, and there was a lot of a lot of waiting, a lot of waiting uh, in the process. We. Um, we're able to get the city to flex on the distance for parking that allowed us to be able to set up a closing because we have rented a parking lot uh, a little farther away. We can talk more about that in a bit, but just to the the timing of what happened uh, we had set up to be on a a panel put on by the department of justice at John Marshall law school. I believe it was a Tuesday night. Is that right? I think it was a Tuesday night and that had been set up months in advance. It just happened that our our closing got scheduled for that afternoon. So John and I spent a few hours together at closing. There was always some nail-biting at that, but it, we finally closed on the property. I went home really fast, got some dinner, came back downtown, and uh, we had this RELUPA panel where we got to talk about RELUPA and then uh, That's went home. the Religious Land Use Act. The Religious Land Use Insti- Institutionalized Persons Act that we uh, appealed to. Uh, came back home kind of excited about that because we got to share the gospel briefly with a uh, um, a pretty full room, and talk about our church's story, and that was great. And the next morning, I got a call from your office saying that the uh, the city's motion to dismiss our case, which we've been waiting on for how many months? At that point, maybe six or
1: yes, yeah, about six, six or more months. Sometimes these things move slowly. Yeah,
2: but we uh, we found out the very next morning that uh, we had uh, sustained that motion to dismiss, which was not a victory, but a little victory pretty exciting. And then we'd also been planning to do a praise night in our church. Uh, someone had asked, Hey, can we just have a night where we just sing praise for an extended time? And I said, that'd be great. Let's do that when we win the court case. So we have been delaying this praise night for like a year. And finally, so, uh, like over a month before we said, let's just do it no matter what. We Amen. can't keep waiting. Amen.
1: Praise him regardless. So
2: we, had, <laughs> we had a praise night already scheduled for that Friday where all this stuff happened. And then on Saturday morning, just to top it all off, we found out that we had uh, been awarded a small grant to give us a new back door for our space. So it's just it, after waiting for a, year, a couple years, it all sort of came down at once in one week and it was a really exciting time.
1: Yeah, it, it, it showed God was there. And, yeah. and I want to give credit also to the Alliance Defending Freedom because a lot of people who are listening to this say, well, uh, we can't afford to, to fight City Hall. Uh, you're not a big mega church are you Nathan with uh, no. millions of dollars? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> right you're like most churches yeah. uh, you, you spend what is given uh, supporting the gospel and and, uh, and blessing folks around you. you're not saving up money. Alliance defending freedom agreed to uh, give a grant to, to the church to uh, help pay the legal fees. And often, when we fight these battles, uh, we can uh, agree to collect fees from the city if we win. Uh, that's what Malcolm ba- Baker does, so that uh, churches can understand don't just assume you can do nothing, talk to somebody. Uh, you're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Malk, partner of the law firm Malk Baker. If you missed part of this episode, or you want to go back and hear a prior interview we had with Pastor Carter, uh, you can go to MalkBaker.com forward slash radio, and you can also subscribe there to our Religious Liberty newsletter and follow us on Facebook. So you bought the building, you had the praise service, uh, you raised the roof with the hallelujahs, (laughs) and uh, now you own the building, you're fixing it up, uh, you're preaching the gospel, and uh, something else very interesting happened that can benefit a lot of other churches in addition to the precedent that the uh, federal court decision uh, set which is uh, certainly powerful and helpful to churches. But on the parking, as we've continued this uh, litigation, suddenly there's been a change in the law in the city of Chicago. Can you talk briefly about that and how that can benefit so many churches in Chicago?
2: Yeah, so the lawsuit is still going on. Uh, We're renting a parking lot that's about a half mile away that nobody would ever even imagine parking in. We, we uh, call
1: it the parking lot to nowhere. Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh, so that's how we were able to close. And we're moving forward with um, things like repairing that roof that we raised and all that stuff. But uh, in the in the process, we uh, found out that the city of Chicago amended their zoning ordinance and changed some things that um, we're in the process of of pursuing to see if we can take advantage of. But we, we have an inkling that, that may have been uh, do in part, possibly to our litigation.
1: Well, I'm I'm more than thinking it's an inkling or in part, but uh, they came down with this new ordinance because we found an area where their law was just really unconstitutional. They didn't uh, narrowly tailor, and that's a it's a legal term, their parking requirements uh, to the needs of a church. And when your churches are particularly on major streets where there's uh, um, bus service and the L service, um, you, you don't need parking. And a lot of times the churches are locally based where a lot of people uh, mm-hmm. walk and they're meeting on Sundays when a lot of the businesses are closed or there's not as much as much traffic. traffic. Uh, there's just so much individual customizing. For example, with Emanuel Baptist Church, you don't even have parking na- meters in your neighborhood. It's just all... Wide open, but yet they've uh, their prior law didn't allow this. So now uh, ch- churches can apply for an exemption from parking or a reduction of the parking
2: amount. reduction but, up to 100%. Yeah. If you're within a certain uh, distance of uh, now they've expanded that to multiple bus lines services. So uh, we're uh, about a thousand feet or less from the Ashland Avenue bus line and that um, opens up a new avenue for us to, to seek to get our parking uh, requirement um, waived.
1: So I, I would suggest you, any city church that's having problems there or wants to start, contact the uh, city hall, uh, the zoning department. You can even contact your alderman. And let me say this about aldermen. Uh, they can be very controlling. And discriminatory, or they can be very helpful. Yeah, ours has been helpful. And and talk to the alderman and see if they'll help. You know, they like votes and they like to help churches, but they also want to control and think they're giving churches the right to worship. And that's when we come in and butt heads with them and say, we're going to share the gospel whether you want us to or not and we're going to buy this building and, and, uh, and use the constitution to protect us and the other laws. So uh, it's, it's a matter of standing up for the gospel, but doing it in the right way. And I, I admire the way uh, that Emmanuel Baptist Church hasn't been um, nasty about it or angry. Uh, You've prayed for the city attorneys involved and Tell us what, how else you've helped the congregation see this uh, spiritual warfare?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, you've helped us with that a lot. Um, to, I mean, the way this was initially framed was as a friendly lawsuit. You know, we, we, and we
1: tried to tried to say know, it's totally friendly. Your
2: partner Rich, uh, I mean, he worked with us for six months, trying everything we could do to avoid going this route, and so. Uh, that's 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 my advice: is is not to be contentious, but but to know you can appeal to Caesar when you need to.
1: Amen. Coming up, we'll talk further with Pastor Nathan Carter of Emmanuel Baptist Church about their zoning case, the new parking ordinance that's blessing all churches. I'm John Malk, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio.
0: In the wide, confusing world of law and lawyers, it's tough to find someone you can trust that shares your Christian values for legal advice and representation. You can trust Mauk and Baker, a Christian law firm based in Chicago that serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals with their legal matters. They seek to represent clients like you with integrity and care by using biblical principles as the foundation of their work. Additionally, their monthly newsletter highlights what's current in the religious liberty arena, keeping you informed on your right to worship, whether that's that's on the street, in public school, or within the walls of your church. Subscribe to their newsletter at mauckbaker.com slash newsletter. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R dot com slash newsletter. If you have a legal need or question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact Mauck and Baker at 312-726-1243. Call and mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. That's 312-726-1243. 43.
1: Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Mauk, an attorney at Malkin Baker, a law firm based in Chicago, which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals in their legal needs. If you missed the first part of this show and want to listen online, go to malkinbaker.com forward slash radio and you can hear the full uh episode, uh, the first half of our talk and a prior talk with uh, uh, Pastor Nathan Carter of Emanuel Baptist Church, who's telling us about their battle with the city of Chicago. And Pastor, last uh, segment, we talked about the law, the new ordinance, uh, religious land use, uh, getting a lawyer, working with the alderman. Uh, all of the things all the stuff i
2: took in seminary yeah.
1: <laughs> but we didn't talk about the spiritual aspects right. and uh, if you could talk a little about prayer and praise and how the congregation uh, stood up to this cuz sometimes pastors are are afraid i, I don't want to get our congregation into something that might cause them stress or or something and yeah it is uh, what's your take on that
2: well it is stressful so uh, but you can't avoid that in ministry there's going to be challenges and I think God uses those to uh, to grow you as a leader and to help you lead your church to grow spiritually so um, not that I've done everything right I've learned a lot through mistakes in this process but uh, I think God has used this in our church and Uh, in my life. Personally, I remember just really fast story. I, I, my parents live in Indiana. So I remember coming back one time from a trip down to visit them and I was just exhausted. So my wife was driving, which is a bit unusual. I was sitting in the front seat, just sleeping. And then as we're coming up the Dan Ryan, I'm waking up and I'm in this groggy kind of state, but looking at this massive city that we're riding into and just thinking, Lord, this is such a huge place. and uh and just praying, just just crying out like would you would you use us, a small little church somehow to affect some kind of bigger change for the gospel? It's not just about us in our little slice of the city. I mean we want to see the gospel spread throughout this this massive um, city and so and God has has answered those prayers and and uh, our church has been praying through the process and it's been encouraging for them to see God answer those prayers. And I think I've also seen, the ways that this, uh, this ordeal, this trial has created in them perseverance and patience, even in ways that rebuke me because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm still a very impatient person. So now we own this thing. I want to get it, you know, fixed up and I have all these things I want to do. And and recently we are having a committee meeting with our, our facility rehab team. And I was a little bit antsy to get going on some things and, uh, and stuff wasn't working out. It was costing, costing more money than we had. And, and I was kind of frustrated in the meeting and then several of the people were just like, Hey, you know, we can just, we can keep waiting on this. We can take it. We don't have to make foolish decisions. God's been faithful and we want to be here for the long term." And, and I, I was hearing them ref, basically pastor me and Amen. reflect back to me, the vision of our church that I've been trying to infuse throughout this process that we're, we're here for the long haul and the good of the city. And, and, and somebody was like, Hey, even if we can just get a rough this spring, you know, and we want to be here for 40 years. So that's a good investment. And I thought, oh, yeah, you're right. So I've seen maturity happen in our people. That makes me really happy.
1: And yeah, that the, the scripture is submit yourselves one to another. Yeah. It's not just the pastor should lead. Right. He should, and and he should have more wisdom and experience and teaching. Hopefully. But he doesn't know everything. No. And everybody has something to share. And I've I've found with my clients that they know stuff about the law I don't know. Hmm. Um, I I don't know everything. I know things they don't know. And if we come in as a partnership with humility and say, well, this is my experiences. Uh, Let's put those together with your experiences as a pastor and, and, and form a good partnership in humility. Then we can both grow and we're more likely to get through the trial because that's what we want to get through even though we know the trial is good for
2: us. And there's going to be another one on the end of that one. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't stop. (laughs) Well,
1: (laughs) uh, uh, yes, but occasionally there's an interval.
2: Right. (laughs) Time is refreshing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Amen. 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 Yeah. So where are you going now as a church? You say you've got a long haul. Yeah. Uh, What is the difference between – the spiritual condition of your church prior to this battle and where it's at now?
2: Um, being in the center city, we're in a transient place, so there's just high turnover. We've we continued yeah, to... What I is mean, your
1: address for... Uh,
2: 1443 West Roosevelt Road, so Roosevelt and Ashland, and roughly. Explain where that is. Near the, the, the University of Illinois, Chicago. Okay. So um, kind of on the southwest edge of the loop uh, close to downtown. Um, and it's an exciting place to do ministry, but it's, it's expensive for families and it's a place a lot of people are there for grad school or their first job, you know, and then they're out. So not everybody that was with us at the beginning of this is with us at the end. You know, there's a lot of, so uh, turnover. So, turnover. so are we moving. want to keep telling that story, but God just keeps sustaining us. And, uh, and now that we have this, you know, facility, we we're not worried about being pushed out of the neighborhood. We're there, and we can. We're focusing on trying to fix it up so it's not a stumbling block to the gospel, and that it communicates to our our neighbors that you know we're a we're a fixture and a a part of the community. Yeah, I, I, I,
1: I've been to the building, and I would describe it as not pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Malko with Malkin Baker, and we're talking with Pastor Nathan Carter of Emmanuel Baptist Church about the struggles they've had, uh, the victories they've had, the ongoing spiritual growth of the congregation uh, internally, uh, perhaps a little bit uh, uh, financially or in numbers. I don't know, but uh, the point is doing God's work and letting God make the changes that the, he does through the, through the trials. Uh, what, uh, what else have you seen uh, change in yourself or in the congregation as you've had this, this legal battle? Nobody wants a legal battle, no. by the way, right. and, and when I counsel pastors, I say, we're going to try and avoid a lawsuit here and, and use wisdom to get around it, because this is one thing that Jesus is counsels. Yeah. settle quickly yeah. on your way to court, and so far as depends on you, make every effort to live at peace with all men, so we do counsel that. But yet at the same time, we realize God has given us the courts to resolve disputes and given us the law, not only the biblical law, but the Constitution. And much of the Constitution is very godly. And then we have our state laws and our local laws. And we try to make those godly to help people see God and the justice of God and really see their need for a savior, because if we have good, pure laws, then people can realize, gee, I fall short and maybe I need some help. But, uh, overall we want to use the courts at the right time and then in the right way. Amen. And how does your congregation, how were they, uh, Feeling about going to court, there's there's always some some reluctance, and and yeah. should Christians sue?
2: Yeah, that was an issue that uh, I was um, probably a bit naive about at the time, and have learned from. In in a lot of people were in you know supportive, but some people were were hesitant. Um, some of it was some theological confusion about you know could you go to court at all if you're a Christian? Uh, some of it was uh, just a, a risk averseness of personality type and, and conflict
1: and, avoidance. Yeah, yeah,
2: right. And uh, so, so shepherding through that, one thing I've, I've learned in the process here is that I, I mean, my role as a pastor, I heard someone um, use the analogy of like a bank account that you have with people of relational trust and connection. And you need to be constantly building that bank account balance up, so that when you have to make withdrawals as a leader, <laughs> saying "trust
1: which, me," you, I, I you know can you say "trust agree. me."
2: Yeah, and they and they do because they know you. And and so I've I've been um, you know more conscious of, of doing that. Just you know, um, especially with a transient church, I constantly I'm going gonna, gonna to have to be building that relational capital uh, with people. And uh, so when we get to these places where there's a hard decision to be made, an agonizing decision. And, and you say, I really believe this is where God's leading us because of our, our vision, because of our heart for this neighborhood and all that stuff. Um, you make a, a logical case, but you also, even if you, you, you're taking people down to a really low amount, you can, you can weather it and build that back up over time instead of have a big um, division.
1: Well, Pastor Nathan Carter, thank you for speaking with us today. How can uh, people find out more about Emmanuel Baptist Church?
2: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, IBC Nathan at IBC Nathan, or our church website is uh, www.emmanuelwithanI-baptist.net. Emmanuel with well, an I dash Baptist dot net.
1: Well, I don't usually get that complicated. I just type in Emmanuel Baptist Church up up up, pop about twenty of them, and then I <laughs> <laughs> I sort of try and narrow them down and and yeah. and, and, and find you eventually, but. Uh, if you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or go to our website, all kinds of juicy stuff there to help you at M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. You can subscribe to a Religious Liberty newsletter and we need your prayer. And Emmanuel Baptist needs your prayer. And we need to be as a body working together for the gospel. Determined, not afraid, not arrogant, uh, humble. It's a tough challenge. Thanks for listening. I'm John Malk at malk & Baker. This is Lawyers for Jesus Radio.
2: Don't Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve some money